Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Eagles beat the Giants up and down the turnpike yesterday. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man, I got to laugh to keep from crying. It As was. a former Giant, that was hard to watch, brother. Yeah. That was hard to watch. Ball, ba- ga- ball game was over midway through the second quarter. I- I'll tell you what else, too. A lot of midnight green in that building. More than I thought, because before the game, as I went out on the field, <laughs> by the way, I got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> your, what did I do? Uh, you'll find out in a second. Okay. Um, I go out on the field before the game, and you want to get a feel for what's going on. And, you know, the building is just starting to fill up. When I walked through the parking lot, I didn't sense that it was overly Eagle fan ridden. But there were plenty of them in the building yesterday. And I'm wondering how many Giant fans, weather was crummy, was cold, it was rainy. How many Giant fans, like on Friday afternoon... Saw what the weather was. Eh, you know what? Let's make some money back on our season tickets. Well, Carlin, I don't know how much the weather had to do with it because I've got a buddy that's the season ticket holder and does a hell of a tailgate, and he was telling me a couple of weeks ago that he was selling his tickets for the Eagles game just because he could get so much money for Too it. much money, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. just like, I, I got to sell them. I'm being offered a fortune for one game. It's with irresponsible. A, with, with, a, with a couple of parking passes and a couple of tickets. And so, you know, he ended up selling them. But that's the surprising part of this for me in terms of what the vibe in the building was it's because Giants fans have been waiting forever to play relevant December football and now you got it and you're punting on the hottest team in football coming into your stadium to play maybe that's because you knew what the end result would be yeah but uh a little bit surprising that 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 crowd wasn't a little more favorable for the home team in terms of being able to get some momentum going well as far as the Eagles are concerned, they've got their momentum going. Oof. They are playing at a ridiculous level. Jalen Hurts is the MVP in the league right now. They're, Patrick Mahomes is great. Don't get me wrong. This guy is on a whole nother level on the best team in the league. Oh, we got to pause a minute. Not on a whole nother level, putting together a better season. I, I Yes, the way he's playing right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's putting, what I mean. Yeah, putting together I don't a better mean season. whole other level he's as a player a, overall. Yeah, no, I'm okay, not saying right, that. Okay, okay. I'm saying right now yeah. is playing on a whole other level there we go. from everybody else. Yes. And all you have to do is look at a game like that and understand that the Eagles came to town to beat the crap out of the Giants and then get back on the bus and go home. That's mm-hmm. exactly what that was. It, it was like... When in the longest yard, the other inmates showed up. <laughs> they're going to come in, they're going to beat the daylights out of you, and they're going to leave. Yeah. And I, I, I saw the uh, the Eagles yesterday, the way they played, that there are a few things that come to mind. What really impresses me the most is the fact that Hertz has turned one of what you would call a weakness at the beginning of his career into a strength with the way he drives the football, the way he delivers it, and his comfortability. This is somebody, you were expounding on this earlier. This is somebody that um, throughout his career has relied on his legs to help his game, and he still does. But, Chris, he doesn't go to them too quickly. It's not one read, two reads, take off. It's, no, I'm going to sit in the pocket. Let's try to make a play here, and he's going to 
make it try to work for three, four, five seconds before he picks up and goes. And I think that's maybe the most impressive part about him is the discipline in his game right now. There's no question about it, Carlin. And just the work that he's done to improve his mechanics so that he is more efficient in the pocket has paid huge dividends in terms of his individual success, but overall what it means for the Eagles in terms of their ceiling on this season. Carlin, the fact that they were able to come into MetLife Stadium against a division opponent who, if the playoffs started yesterday, would be in the tournament and dismantled them the way that they did, it just validates the conversations that we were having earlier on in the year talking about the potential for this team to go undefeated. And, Carlin, I get it. They lost to the Washington Commanders in a primetime game. But, Carlin, I'm not sold that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to lose another football game this season. And a lot of it is because of how good number one is playing. Yesterday, they showed the statistic during the broadcast. From the pocket, Jalen Hurts, highest completion percentage in the National Football League. From the pocket, Jalen Hurts, best touchdown to interception ratio in the National Football League. From the pocket, Jalen Hurts, the best passer rating from the pocket in the NFL. What else do you have to see from Jalen Hurts to be sold on his Philadelphia Eagles team? and their prospects of competing for a championship. Chris, I think the most impressive thing about the Eagles is that a couple of weeks ago we talked about, all right, well, can they stop the run? That might be a problem. Check that box. Yeah, they have already taken care of that. Check that box, yep. Think about this. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, they beat the Packers by rushing for 350 yards. Mm -hmm. Last week, they came out and threw for 380 yards. (laughs) Threw for 380 yards. And then yesterday, they basically did both. Yeah. Miles Sanders had a career high. They have a, they have, yesterday, they they completed having a thousand yards rusher with Miles Sanders. First one they've had in eight years. Yeah. A thousand yard receiver, A.J. Brown hit that yesterday. Mm -hmm. And now you've got what what, uh, Jalen Hurts is doing. Ten rushing touchdowns now. And uh, is he over 3,000 yards? He's close. Yeah. Jaylen, I think he went over 3,000 yesterday. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is thrown for 3,150 yards yeah. this season. He threw for 217 yesterday. That's what I'm saying, Carlin. They threw for 217 yesterday. Now, of course, with you factor in the sacks, it takes the net under 200. But think about this. He threw for 217 yards yesterday, and they ran it for 253. Think about it. How do you stop that? You don't. The answer this is, is the you point. don't. You don't. And you know what it does when you can run the football like that? You become surgical on play action. Yesterday on play action passing, Jalen Hurts 4-4, 74 yards in the touchdown. Mm-hmm. You can't stop him. But, Carlin, the part where I realized that the Giants had no chance <laughs> at <laughs> stopping the Eagles offense was early on. I think it was the second possession for the Philadelphia Eagles, Carlin. They've got fourth and seven from the Giants' 41-yard line. Fourth and seven. Now, conventional wisdom would say, you know what? You line up, you hard count them, see if you can pick up a cheap five yards and make it a fourth and manageable. In the rain, by the way. In In the the rain. rain. In the rain. You line up and you try to do that, see if you can, you know, get a cheap five yards. And if they don't jump, you take the delay of game, back up five yards. It's plus territory punting. You pin the Giants deep. You force that offense with a banged-up Saquon Barkley and no receivers to try to drive 90-plus yards. But Nick Sirianni, this guy doesn't do that. The gall, the stones on this dude, I'm going to go for it on fourth and seven, and we're not talking about a hitch route or some crossers, 
some high compl- high per, uh, percentage completion opportunities. This dude throws a go ball into double coverage to Devontae Smith. And they complete it against the best defensive backs that the Giants had to offer in yesterday's game. Touchdown. At that moment, I was like, the Giants have no shot. It was 14 nothing, and might as well have been 100 to nothing because I knew the Giants had no chance at being able to come back in that game. No shot. There's a few things there. Number one, the Eagles have been really good on fourth down. The Giants have been awful defensively yeah. on fourth down. And, and the reason it was there, Chris, was because the Eagles had very little respect for the Giants. And I'm not talking about, you know, going out of their way to show disrespect. It was the surgical nature, as you put it, with which – uh, they were able to work yesterday, mm-hmm. that they were able to do that without blinking, that Jalen Hurts runs a quarterback draw for a touchdown, doesn't even celebrate. Yeah. That was just, we're coming to town, we're kicking your ass, we're getting back on the turnpike. Yeah. Honestly. I, I mean, listen, they're going to beat the brakes off of the Chicago Bears this weekend. I, I actually feel sorry for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, what's about to happen to him in week 15. I mean, Carlin, outside of the Christmas Eve game in Dallas, Where's the next spot where the Philadelphia Eagles could lose a game? If nobody plays in week 18 and it's the practice squad, that's basically it. (laughs) Carlin, but here's the thing. If you're Nick Sirianni, do you want him to take two weeks off? No. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, the the next time that they would have a chance at actually losing a game might be the divisional round. That's what we're talking about with this team. The next time they might lose a game is going to be over a month from now. I don't even think in the divisional round, no matter who they're playing, it's going to get there. That's my point. That's how good this team is, and that's how good Jalen Hurts is playing. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Is anybody even close right now? It's your opportunity to chime in at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Is it the Eagles and then everybody else? Because if you gave me the Eagles versus the field in the NFC, right now I'm taking the Eagles. But is anybody really close? Plus, I'm going to get to the little bone that I have to pick with Canty. And it's, it's not something that he did directly, but it's because of my relationship with him that it happened yesterday. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? You 
not allowed to do that, by no, the way. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> drop kicks, perfectly fine. Drop punts, not so much. No, yeah. no, no. And you have to let the official know you're going to drop kick it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's bizarre. That might be important. That was uh, Giants-Eagles yesterday. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. So, yesterday I had a bit of a lengthy day, great day, mm-hmm. uh, where I called two different games. The Giants-Eagles and then uh, Rutgers basketball last night against Seton Hall, which is a huge rivalry in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but So, I'm up early, going out to the stadium, uh, get there, and I'm on the field before the game. And I run into a mutual friend that you and I have uh, who represents you. Oh, yes. And so we're we're chatting. Yeah. But the bald and the beautiful. Yes. Yes. Your, your, uh, my agent. Your agent. Yeah, my agent. Yep. Um, you're, uh, what, do they, what do they say? I believe you're uh, related by 10% on your father's side or something, something like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at any rate, um, I, I had not seen him yet. Mm-hmm. And I look up on the sideline and President Clinton is there. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to people. He's being very affable. And I don't get starstruck, but literally he is standing where you are from me to you. Sure. And I'm thinking, you know what? I, I don't, I'm not the picture guy, but it's a president. You have to go take the picture with the president. Yeah. And there's, there's like a yellow rope in between us. Yeah. And so it, I was about to do the, hey, Mr. President, can I just get a quick picture? And I actually am just reaching out to do it. And your agent jumps right in front of him. Yeah. He, he <laughs> and then big, starts talking to me. He, he big time. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. He wasn't talking to the president. He was he talking, talking to, to you. me. Oh, there you go. Well, listen, he thought you were more president, more important than President Clinton. Well, That's a compliment. I guess so. Sorts. I guess so, but I look yeah. over and I say, you know, all due respect, uh, Mark, I'm trying to get a picture with the president. Well, you, well, you know what that's about, though, right, Carlin? President Clinton can't help him make any money. But no. You, but you can. But you can. I, I, so that's I would debate that. I, I would debate whether that's accurate or not. But, no, we had a great conversation after that. It was just very yeah. funny, though. And then I ended up taking a picture of three or four people with the president. I'm like, okay, quick, I can get in there. No, he walked away. Wow. Wow. You missed a golden opportunity. So I blame you. Don't blame me. <laughs> you have to be more. And then. I don't even know what the word is. More strategic right, and then when five, it comes to trying to get a picture with the president. And then five minutes later, I open my phone. I look at Instagram. There's a picture of Sal Pell and the president. Wow. <laughs> so Sal Pell beats it to the punch. And, oh, you're doing, and you're doing a game with him. So Let that, me tell you something. That's what makes it even better. Sal's going to make it happen in that situation yeah. no matter what. Oh, no question. Oh, it was, it was no very question. funny. Yeah, there's nobody smoother than Sal when it comes to being on the sidelines. Uh, no. Nobody no, no, no. works the sidelines like Sal. I'll tell you. To see that big smile and takes out the hand for the handshake. Sal's a guy that immediately makes you feel better about yourself when you talk to him. Oh, no doubt. You know, he's one of those guys. Those guys are few and far between. Sal's one of them. He might not know you, but you're not a stranger. Exactly. He knows everybody, and he always makes you feel like a million damn dumps. No question. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, and the team that Sal covers quite a bit, and we were doing the game yesterday, is the Philadelphia Eagles. I, the 49ers are the team we were talking about earlier, the teams that nobody wants to play. Mm-hmm. And I did not put the Bengals in that category, but I very much put the 49ers in that category because of how good their defense is. Okay. Having said that, in the NFC, it's the Eagles, and there is a giant line of demarcation to everybody else. I don't think anyone else in the, in the NFC is particularly close 
to the Eagles right now. Well, here's what I would say, Carlin. I mean, outside of record, there are a couple of other indicators that would tell you whether or not a team is any good, and point differential is a damn good one. Yeah. And when you look at point differential on the season, the Eagles have the best point differential. Their point, they've outscored opponents by 138 points. Now, the second best team is in the AFC, your Buffalo Bills. And I'm starting to call them your Buffalo Bills because it feels like you're riding for them every single week. Mm. The third team in point differential, the Dallas Cowboys at 131. They're outscoring their opponents by 131 points. Fourth best is the San Francisco 49ers outscoring their opponents by 120 more points. So I'm looking at all of these teams in the top four, Carlin, and I would have more confidence in the San Francisco 49ers based on the brand of ball that they play, being able to match up against the Philadelphia Eagles than the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure that the Cowboys have the requisite physicality on both sides of the ball to be able to keep up with what Philadelphia is bringing to the table. If either of those teams is going into Philadelphia for the NFC Championship game, I don't think either one's leaving with a win. Now, I would say that the 49ers have a much better chance than the Cowboys do in that spot. Why? Because of their defense and because mm-hmm. of how physical they are in defense. Yeah. Now, that would be a rock fight, but in a really pretty way Yeah. between those two teams. I would love to see the 49ers defensive line against the Eagles offensive line. That would be an amazing matchup. Well, yeah, and we saw that that's what you have to have if you're going to compete against the Eagles, right? Because yeah. the only team to have beaten them had what? Three first-round picks on their defensive line between Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and and uh, Jonathan Allen. Yeah. And they had one another guy they took with a top three pick, Chase Young, who didn't play. But I'm just saying, you have to have a really stout defensive front in order to give yourself a chance, a chance, Carlin, against this Philadelphia Eagles team. Yeah, I that's – the, that's the NFC Championship game I want to see. And I feel – Worse. So you want to see Eagles 49ers more than you want to see Eagles Cowboys. Yeah. I don't think Eagles Cowboys would be a game. Mm. Meaning I think it's a two touchdown game. Yeah. So you I think, think it's, Eagles it's got 49ers a to be competitive on Christmas Eve, but if they played each other in the playoffs, it's going to be a runaway. No, in Philadelphia in the middle of in in late January? No, I don't see it. Okay. I don't see it. Uh I do see the Eagles right now as the best team in the NFC, the best team in the league, frankly. Yeah. With the way they are playing and just the fact that I, I'm trying to remember the last team that I can honestly say they can beat you any way they want. And that's what the Eagles look like right now. Or maybe more appropriately, they are capable of exploiting your biggest weakness mm-hmm. without a problem because they have the horses to do it. Yeah. There's no question about it, Colin. The other thing that they do really, really well, they take advantage of your mistakes. Yeah. So the Eagles are second in points off of turnovers this season behind the New England Patriots. They, they, they take advantage of the mistakes. I think they've got 24 takeaways this year. I think that's a number. No, the Cowboys are at one. They're, 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 they're tied with the Cowboys at number one at 23 takeaways. Yeah. So they are tied with the Dallas Cowboys for tops in taking the football away. They're plus, they're plus 14 now. That, on is, the that is correct. Yeah. That is uh, correct. The the one other thing I would say is you're talking about point differential. You want to know why nobody ever believed in the Minnesota Vikings? They're ten and three with a minus one point differential. <laughs> they have won ten games 
and have been outscored this year. They have the worst defense in the NFL. Literally, the worst defense in the NFL. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Up next, our social media NFL analyst joins us. (laughs) That's next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? She is not a social media NFL analyst. She is Mina Kimes. She joins us right now. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. I stayed off of social media last night, and I saw Justin Herbert make an awful lot of nice throws just in, you know, (laughs) watching the game itself, Mina. Yeah, I think you saw why people get frustrated sometimes with the criticism saying, you know, sometimes, I mean, I don't want to straw man it, but when people say, oh, it's empty stats, they're not winning games, and it's just highlights. Well, if, if you actually watch the Chargers this year, it's kind of the opposite of that. Like, yes, there are incredible throws that make the rounds on social media, but what, what Justin Herbert does so well isn't those throws. It's the continuous um, elevation of his offense in spite of unrelenting pressure. I would say even he probably throws like the most impressive eight-yard uh, out routes of any quarterback in football because it's so difficult like the entire offense is predicated on him making a guy miss and of course last night he did that to perfection Mina when you look at Tua versus Herbert how do you how do you break down those two quarterbacks comparatively speaking well I think we saw the perfect way to contrast them which is Herbert you know was able to elevate his offense in spite of some pretty adverse circumstances and Tua was not. And, you know, Tua's had a fantastic season, um, but so much of that success has been really you know, based on a couple of his strengths, which is the ability to throw quickly and with anticipation, but also to operate within the structure of Mike McDaniel's offense. It's why it's been so good. You know, it's a quarterback who executes it well and also believes in it. The Chargers defensively, and I thought it was a brilliant game plan, were able to disrupt that offense a little bit. And what you saw from Tua was an inability to make plays outside of structure, to create that sort of second reaction ability I think we praise in the top quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Not to say he's incapable of it, but he definitely fell short last night and last week. 
Yeah, and Mina, one of the things that the Chargers defense did, those linebackers were able to disrupt Tyreek Hill and those other Dolphins receivers before they released into their patterns. But one of the other things that I thought was interesting was Chargers linebacker Drew Tranquil and what he had to say about their strategy to defend two in the passing game after the game. He said that they tried to pack the middle of the field and force Tua yeah. to throw the ball outside of the numbers and down the field. Now, this is the second shaky outing that we've seen from Tua in as many games. Have defenses finally cracked the code on Tua in this Mike McDaniel offense? Well, I think they came up with the best way to defend them. So, you know, last week, San Francisco um, obviously have one of the best middle linebackers in football, really a great linebacking group, and then, of course, an unreal four-man rush. So watching them, you know, we were thinking, ah, well, is, can any defense replicate this? The Chargers are were not only down a lot of players, but certainly missing those pieces. So what they did in terms of what you talked about, disrupting the timing of the routes, um, particularly taking away the middle of the field, using leverage as well, that is something I expect other defenses in the NFL to try. So my question for Miami would be, okay, what's your counter? Frankly, I thought they should have run the ball more against L.A., given some of the defensive looks. I think probably losing Jeff Wilson to injury maybe impacted that. But still, that should be available if uh, linebackers drop to the sort of depths we saw last night to try to play the play-action pass first. And they need to find a way to get generate offense outside the numbers. I mean, in a way that also Tua is comfortable executing because – they were, uh, I would say, finding ways to get wide receivers open on the sidelines, but he wasn't connecting, and I think that's going to be an issue going forward. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Mina, um, just give us an idea going Jimmy G to Purdy for the 49ers and how much in the coming weeks that's truly going to affect them because it, it just can't be this easy, right? It can't be this easy, but it sure looks good. Now, I'll say losing <laughs> Daniel for any length of time is going to um, throw a wrench. You know, I mean, it, 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 you can't say you're going to lose a player like Debo Samuel and still play at the same level. The offense can, you know, can't execute at the same level without him. However, I, I was so impressed by Purdy, not just because of, you know, he did a lot of the things we saw in his debut outing, the play against the pressure, um, but also just kind of the things he brought to the table that, Candidly, Jimmy Garoppolo really does not. Um, most notably, the playmaking, using his legs to extend. Uh, and, I mean, the throw to, geez, it was to Debo, I think, and he, he stopped on a dime, and Trianchienka of the Bucks flew by him. Ah, that is not a Jimmy Garoppolo play, guys. And then the other thing that really struck me was um, how he was throwing really well outside the numbers. You know, the Niners offense is so based on the middle of the field. It's like Miami, but a little bit dissimilar. But Purdy showed more willingness than Garoppolo to throw outside and throw outside deep, and I think that's going to be really put a stress on defenses in the future. Mina, the team on the other side of that beatdown was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are we sure they're going to win that division? I mean, are we sure? I don't know. I, I just, I'm just, I just wish this division would just evaporate so we didn't have to talk about them. I'm praying. By the way, the Falcons are making this wish to Desmond Ritter. I'm, I, that'll be an interesting one to watch for the Saints this week. I'm praying he elevates that offense because at least there's some interest and novelty there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's the hardest division to predict in football because it's the worst. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know if interesting means what you think it means when you t- say it in reference to the Falcons at this point. <laughs> I like watching the. I prefer watching the Falcons to the Bucks because the Bucks are frustrating in like predictable fashion. 
the Falcons, there's flashes of, you know, competent, exciting offense, good run game, blocking, good skill players. They just need to do it consistently. Well, as we were talking about earlier, we think that the watching an entire season of NFC South football should be the punishment for any loser of the fantasy football league this year. (laughs) That is that is not something I I would put on anyone. And it's something I have to do every week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mina, last one. Canty thinks that the Chiefs just frankly got bored in the game yesterday. So why did that game get so close at the end? Yeah, I would agree with Chris. The Chiefs tend to do this, right? They, like, play with their food, and then all of a sudden you look up and they've got, like, a couple of weirdo interceptions and special teams blunders, and it's closer than it needs to be. Uh, I I would say, in addition to that, we should remember that Denver defense is really good. Uh, And, you know, what Kansas City did in the beginning of the game made us forget that briefly, but then they returned to form uh, in the second half and really near the end of the first half as well. So I, I would put some of it on that as well. Chris literally just used the words play with their food off the air. <laughs> literally brain, just said the exact same, same thing. Same sick brain, Chris. Yep, yep, <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. Mina, we'll talk next week. We appreciate it. Thanks, Mina. Bye, guys. Mina Kimes, ESPN NFL analyst. Uh, it is it is just painful. I, I, listen, God bless Mina. I Desmond Ritter does not get me excited for Atlanta Falcons football. No right now. quarterback gets you excited for NFC South football. Not even Tom Brady with the way that he played yesterday. No quarterback even gets themselves excited over playing in the NFC South right now. Yeah, it's it is. I tell absolutely you what, if the Bucks don't win that division, that is an indictment on Todd Bowles, their head coach. Yeah, with the yeah. guy with the five-year contract, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, and over the last. What is it? Uh, his last three years with the Jets and this season, Todd Bowles is 20 and 41. Not great, Bob. Ooh, not great. Up next, some comments over the weekend from a few different places you're going to want to hear. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? a chance to hear some comments from over the weekend that maybe you missed, maybe we missed. They're always a little bit interesting. Let's get to it as call. They say what? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't, I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? I always forget. I always forget that it's in the open. But it doesn't get old, though. It That's does the not. beauty of it. It doesn't oh, get old. Just in the southern twang. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. God bless, Jerry. First up, Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, the USC quarterback, with his acceptance of the trophy pointing to his fellow finalists. We've all been through this journey these past couple days together. And I may be standing up here today, but y'all get to go to college football playoffs. (laughs) 
guess you can't win them all. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate it, Carlin. I mean, all you had to do was beat Utah yeah. once. And, and you, you lost probably, it twice. And you'd probably be going to the college football playoff. Not probably. You would be. Yeah. So that would that would be the only thing. It's just like if you're the Heisman Trophy winner, you would think playing the same opponent twice in one season, you'd be able to split with them. Robert Sala, Jets coach. After the Jets lost to the Bills yesterday, 20-12. to Bit of a rock fight, yes. But the coach very, very confident about his team's chances of maybe running into the bills again. obviously I'd, i love our guys that they fight their tails off but i i think i speak for everyone and that we miss an out uh we're gonna see these guys again so what makes you say that i just think we are first of all the question the follow-up question man what makes you say that well what do you what do you think, <laughs> do you I think said he's it? gonna say yeah i mean i want my team <laughs> to get to the postseason the buffalo bills are gonna be in the postseason yeah so i mean yeah absolutely I, i'm gonna I'm going to play it up to the rest of my locker room. And make no mistake, that's who Rob Sala is talking to when he says we're going to see those guys again. Now, here's the thing, Carlin, and this is going to sound crazy. The Jets could have been on the winning side of that game had Quinnen Williams not got hurt after the second quarter. Absolutely. I mean, Quinnen Williams was having a day against that offensive line for the Buffalo Bills, and everybody wants to talk about how great the center is, Mitch Morse. He was taking him to task, Carlin. I mean, beating them from pillar to post. Isn't that what you say? Mm. That's exactly what Quentin Williams was doing to the interior of that Buffalo Bills offensive line. And you notice, Buffalo didn't really get a whole lot going on the offensive side of the ball until the second half of that game. Chris, I know that after the last couple of weeks, this may seem like an odd thing to say, especially with the Lions this week. I still think the Jets are making the playoffs. Mm. I still think they're making the playoffs because I do think – that defense is that good. By the way, Quinn Williams is day-to-day right now. Yeah, So that's with the calf injury. Yeah, that's yep. very encouraging to hear. But I still believe they're making the playoffs. I do think they will find a way to win this week, and then after that, they can navigate their way home uh, to the playoffs when they've got Jacksonville and a trip to Seattle. We talked about this. Getting to 10 wins, what will it take so you've got four games left now, and you obviously have to win three of them. I think the Jets will win three of these four. Hey, but no gimmies on their schedule. Though. Oh, no, not, no, no, no. Not with the way the Lions are playing. Jacksonville all of a sudden is building some momentum. And then Seattle's desperate because they're trying to hang on to one of those last wild card spots in the NFC. And then we know the state of affairs with the Miami Dolphins doesn't look like they're going to win the division. So they're going to need that game. So, what, Well, what will be interesting is, you know, are the Dolphins going to be locked into their spot wherever it is or not going into that game? Uh, it's hard for me to say that they would be, knowing what the Chargers are doing yeah. and where the Jets are at. I, I don't know that they're going to be locked in. Finally, there's Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback, uh, on his offense's performance and Answering some questions in relation to that. This offense has struggled to find its rhythm for about six games now. Is that a concern for you? No, we're ten and three. You know, find ways to win football games, and um, well, that's not what you want to hear. But um, just playing complimentary, smart football. Um, you know, not putting ourselves and our defense in bad situations, and um, you know, just trying to try and win football games, no matter how it happens. It doesn't look like an offense that's not enough to win the Super Bowl right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, what do you want me to do? Argue with you? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what I'm not going to do. <laughs> like, we have a clear difference of opinion on that one. You know what aggravates me sometimes about reporters like that one right mm-hmm. there? That's not a question. 
It's no. a statement. That is. It is your it's statement. It is your statement of belief. I don't care about that. This is supposed to be about questions and me answering them for you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to ask me directly, do I think that this is a team with an offense that's good enough to make it to the Super Bowl, do you expect me to say no? Was the offense the problem for them yesterday? Was the offense? I'm just asking. Was the offense the problem? No. Okay. Not really. Okay. I mean, listen. Mike White still threw for 268. They were more physical defensively, but I'm I, I look at I look at the Bills. I still feel pretty good about where they are. But you can't you you can't ignore what's going on with them in in terms of lacking in scoring points lately. You know, last couple of games. Well, they had 28 against Detroit in the in, on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. I still think they're going to put enough points up to win games in the postseason. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for the Buffalo Bills is not turning the ball over, right? Just don't give the ball away. That's the one area where I still don't trust this team, and I still think there's some show and prove from Josh Allen. Um, But as long as they don't turn the ball over, this team is going to be fine. Their defense is good. I'm curious to see how their pass rush holds up against the better offensive lines and passing attacks that they're going to have to face in the AFC. One team absolutely has to have it tonight. We preview Monday Night Football in just moments. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.